0: Spags, the Puppy 3 has finally arrived. It's August 1st. We have a million-dollar prize pool, 200 k up top. Are you ready to blast off? I mean, I'm so excited. I couldn't even sit for this episode today because we are going to hit the Puppy 3, as Pete mentioned. We also got a lot of training camp updates. The Sean Watson suspension is in. We're going to talk about that. And the Week 1 NFL DFS salaries because we got to keep betting on football when best ball ends. So we're going to touch on that and even draft our top salary plays on DraftKings right after this intro. Thank <music> you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Oversett, fresh off his SiriusXM debut. Pete, how are you doing and how did it go? Uh, It went good. I've been marveling at, I thought you moved to like a different room in your house. You're on vacation. I mean, the fact that you got your textbook screen and thumbnail up behind you on vacation, I can't even fathom going to that kind of effort outside of my usual setup. Well, I saw that it's, a. Uh, you can see on the remote, actually, I think I might have moved the remote out of the background to look more professional. That's uh, over here now. It's got the little Chromecast thing on it, Pete. So you just got to pull up the image, Chromecast the screen. That's a little pro tip if you want to get that same setup for yourself in your new home. Um, I, yeah, I, I am actually a little worried. I've been trying to, you know, time are like when we're having the movers come and trying to figure out having enough time to get my setup in having to think through ethernet and all the cable and all that stuff. So I am, I'm a little nervous about transferring my setup. I've even gotten some concerns from people who said they have, um, grown, you know, very accustomed to this current setup, worrying about kind of a permanent change. So lots of pressure coming my way. I think it's an opportunity like I really enjoyed setting up my new studio in my home as you saw the process Pete firsthand along with you guys if you watch splash play during the NFL season where I was in a, a new room in our new house in November had an ugly yellow paint job that kind of worked because it looked like our splash play colors and that's uh, something you never mind brand wise but then I got to improve it make it better Add my LED lights like you got to tear it down and start from scratch Pete and I think rebuild the whole house in your image. Yeah. The other thing, and I was mentioning this this morning, I haven't decided exactly where my office is going to be. There's like a smaller room in our basement that would, I think, be good for a studio, but it's just like, do I want to spend all of my life in this small room that's even smaller than my office here? Or do I like go upstairs and try to convert a bedroom with more lights and stuff like that? So I don't know. I'm going to have to figure it out. Yeah, there's a lot to figure out here, of course, with the NFL as well. So make sure you are following us on at Splash Play Pod. We cro- uh, crossed over 1,000 followers on their tweet. Now people are following us left and right. So the big stretch goal we have to hit, I don't know if you saw it, Pete, our pal Eric for Rob Coakley, Silas over at Spike Week. Those guys now in the hallowed grounds of YouTube monetization because they've gotten 1,000 subs. And Pete, we're still about 65 short or so. So we need to make that final push here. And I'm Dan. I mean, I'm in a bedroom right now. I'll do OnlyFans content on YouTube if we have to. If that gets over the thousands subscriber threshold i think at this point we got to put all things out there that we can possibly do i believe i did the math last week and we were 82 away and now Mm -hmm. if i'm doing the math correctly we're 66 away so we are getting close i'm going to post it here in the chat You are one of the 113 people watching this live and not subscribed to the Splash Play account. Nothing will make Spags happier than this account getting to 1K. I know he's just chomping at the bit to add some Cialis ads to our content. Please give him the ultimate gift this summer in getting us to 1,000 subs. I just want the Freedom Pete to be doing 11 p.m. streams for have you be baffled by how many streams I'm doing on that channel and making ones and ones of dollars per stream that we can share the profits of. I think that's always been the goal we wanted for the show. Yeah, on uh, on Ship Chasing, uh, Gretch made a highlight clip for us to roll when, when we draft a certain player, I won't reveal that now. But he was asking me, he's like, he had a song he wanted to use for it. And he's like, is this going to demonetize it? And I was like, you know what, Gretch, the one out of every four streams where we have to roll this and demonetize and take that $11 and 13 cents of YouTube ad revenue out of our pockets. I think that's a trade-off we can make. Yeah, so we that's the qu- kind of quality content that you're going to get from Pete and our and myself here, of course, the ship chasing guys as well. But we appreciate all of you tuning in here. So let's get into it, Pete. We got some training camp news. Deshaun Watson gets a six game suspension. I think uh, a lot of the process throughout, I think we talked about him getting an eight game suspension. I think that was where it seemed like some of the tea leaves were going. Then the rumors started to swirl that he could miss the entire season. Uh, a lot of outrage on Twitter right now. And the NFL has shown sometimes that they will bend to outrage with these suspensions. But it feels like Pete, after all the time that's been doing, all the judges actually rolling over this. It seems like we're locked in now to a six-game suspension. So, what do you think happens to Deshaun Watson's ADP from here? Yeah, I mean, we already have the perfect use case in that we have the Puppy Three that launched, you know, basically immediately after this news. So, we're going to get a really good, accurate reflection. I've seen someone in the Discord mentioned he went at fifty-nine in one of their drafts. I think the more reasonable range I've seen him settling in is the tenth, eleventh round, you know, kind of after the Car Stafford. Kind of tier he's been settling in there i could see him creeping up a little bit more you know we collectively just start to kind of talk ourselves in to things once we feel more comfortable okay watson you know if we didn't have any suspension i think you could justify him going around the hertz tier so the whole question is how much do you want to discount those six weeks you're not getting that production so yeah i think the market's going to slowly and slowly inch him up it's a much more interesting conversation for best ball mania three where it's just you know 45 percent of the way full and a ton of teams who have him really cheaply there. So I'm going to be much, much more careful with how I approach Watson in BBM three than I am with puppy, which case, you know, you're fair to draft him, you know, at ADP value there and not really have to worry about super teams. Anybody wide receiver wise who you feel more comfortable drafting now? I know Mario Cooper has been a guy that you've been down on. I also have been taking very much of a uh, dominant people's Jones sort of surge up a little bit at the end of the drafts, whether it be best ball mania or DraftKings, or I'm sure it's going to be in the puppy as well because of positive training camp reports for him. But is there anybody who'd give a meaningful boost to in terms of your exposures in that Cleveland Browns receiver core? Yeah, I still want to prefer to play it more on the cheap side, which means passing on Amari. I mean, the nice thing is everything else in that offense is cheap, you know, including Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. I think we, uh, David Bell, DPJ, Najoku. all those guys are, are going to move up, but I still think they're a cheap way to play. it. And I still think, uh, you know, if you want a galaxy brain, you're Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson stacks. I mean, I think there's, you know, Will Fuller is a mercurial guy, why he's been holding out and there hasn't been much news. You know, it could just be a reflection of his personality where his headspace is at, or he could have been waiting for this Watson domino to fall because if he wants to return to play with Watson, you know, if he was going to get a year suspension, that completely ruins that. So if he's waiting to see what this was like, that adds up to me. And so, uh, I think Fuller is, is also interesting in that range. And I was talking about this with Hertzick on a space a little bit before, but like, if Fuller signs there, it ruins the DPJ dream. Like DPJ is dead on arrival if Fuller signs there. So that's something I'm paying attention to. We just got Tarek, Brian, and our pal Bullock in the chat saying Njoku is the ultimate smash and asking if Njoku should surge. I think Njoku, to me, I, like the price tag come up a little bit. I feel like I haven't seen as many positive camp reports on him so far. Maybe I've been paying enough attention to the Cleveland beat, but I feel like based on the contract, I kind of thought he's going to take a jump upwards and be one of those guys that gets a lot of headlines. And I don't know, Pete, I haven't seen enough about Njoku where I have a lot of faith there, though. It makes sense like that he would sort of take a little bit of a jump. Yeah, I think you will. I think it's just there's it's more it's less about Ninjoku and more that there's kind of just a log jam at tight ends in that range. Basically, once you get to kind of the Irv Smith and Gesicki, you know, we've seen Noah Fant and Gerald Everett push up a little bit. Akui Boonham slide down a little bit because of the Dolchitz love. But there's a lot of guys in that range. That are pretty attractive as tight end twos. And so I think he's kind of just getting lost in the shuffle. It's hard to imagine any of those guys kind of really busting out of that tier and joining, you know, Knox and Goddard uh, in that other range. Um, other news coming out Debo Samuel signs one of the top five richest wide receiver contracts in the NFL and worth up to almost $73.5 million. Uh, Guarantee is going to be $58 million there. So a big number going his way. A guy that a lot of the advanced analytics now are starting to really beat home that point of him, how much better he was than everybody else in the league last year in terms of yards after catch. I believe there was something I saw today where he was like one of the first receivers to have uh, 1,400 receiving yards and 500 rushing yards or something. So Debo, a lot of positive news behind him. And I feel like at this spot, Pete, you sold me on taking Debo ahead of Mike Evans. I feel great about that now, especially with the Julio Jones news and Chris Godwin being healthier than expected. So that was the right move. I've kind of thought this entire draft period that Debo's been getting a little bit of a discount because of people being afraid of the holdout or a trade. Now that he's locked in, I feel like he's going to come up ADP wise. And I feel fantastic about having almost 20% Debo for myself. I mean, I'm, I'm very high on Debo. I'm just trying to think where people really not drafting him because of holdout concerns. I guess I just always thought it was people being like, Oh, he says he doesn't want to run the ball as much. Oh, he was a product of Jimmy Garoppolo and getting a lot of high value touches. I thought it was more kind of just uncertainty of Trey Lance, this offense, him becoming more of a pure wide receiver. We also are getting a ton of IUC buzz as well. So it's probably a lot of factors holding him down, but you know, the thing that's hard for me is that that second round is pretty gross, honestly, for wide receivers. Um, and I do think Debo is just the best of that bunch. I prefer him to Ceedee lamb. I definitely prefer him to Evans. I prefer him to Tyree kill. So I've just ended up with a lot of him and I, you know, it's just, we want exposure to this 49ers offense and the range of outcomes for what Lance can do for this team is so big. And if, if we hit that upper percentile outcome via Lance, you just know Debo is going to be a big part of it. So yeah, I feel very good about my Debo exposure. The only thing that you could maybe push back against it is like, he's not going to probably get more expensive. You know, it's not like we're going to get incredible ADP closing line value on him, but he's just one of those guys I routinely think is the best pick in the back half of the second round. I mean, it could be because I was drafting like a sicko early on in the draft period, but he was going around the 15 spot initially, then fell to 18-19. So obviously not a huge ADP drop, but enough where it does change your lineup configurations a little bit, uh, depending on the rooms you're in. So... I think he gets back up to that CD Lamb range. Our guy Paul, I was inverted, who you see drafting in a lot of these streams with us on the show. Uh, Debo should be right where Lamb is. He says, I think that's going to be a take a lot of people have, but we'll find out in the coming weeks. So the camp reports I saw out there, Pete, Chase Claypool hurt his shoulder on Friday. Mike Tallman expects to be probably not serious was the exact quote, but George Pickens looks pretty good without him. I've been beating these bags of George Pickens now a lot the last few weeks. I think he looks great in camp. There's some highlights out there on Twitter if you want to search him out for Pickens and I think a fan cam one of him making a sick like back shoulder grab. Um, I'm in on Pickens, but I'm also not too worried about Claypool, a shoulder injury. I know he had shoulder issues in the past, but he's going to be able to stay in shape. Like, it's not a lower body injury. It's not something that's going to knock him out like the knee injuries some guys have had so far. So do you have any thoughts on the Claypool pick situation or anybody going up for you or going down, or are they both just kind of staying flat? Yeah, I mean, uh, how I've been approaching all these drafts is I'm willing to take on the injury risk if it comes with a discount. So I guess that's probably how I'll be processing it. You know, are we going to get a little dip? here because of this Claypool shoulder stuff. I mean, drafters on underdog have been very uh, reactive to news for better or worse. So I kind of look forward to these situations. Nothing I read about it made it seem like there's kind of big time concerns for his availability this season. So yeah, I'll probably just using it, use it as a buying opportunity. And again, when you think about these little micro windows for drafting, maybe George Pickens gets pushed up a little too much during this range because of the Claypool stuff. So I kind of just like buying and selling the news in these little windows. And my guess is stuff will kind of correct back to normal in a few weeks once Claypool's ready to go again. So one bad camp report that I retweeted this weekend, which actually ended up getting, I had to mute the thread because I got Eagles fans that were starting to reply and be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But it's a WIP report. It's so a local Philly uh, radio station that does cover the Eagles pretty thoroughly. It uh, was from Elliott Shore Park saying, negative uh, report from Eagles camp. Jalen Hurts through three practices, 36 for 51, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Felt he had a really strong first practice with the passing offense. has been disappointing the last two days. Very little success in anything beyond 10 yards. And Pete, this is something to me that I think is going to make people buy that Eagle stack less. I've kind of felt like the Eagles stack was a little bit overvalued because of what we saw at the end of last season where they were getting so much success running that ball. Limiting Hurts' risks, I think, is something that's important to them. But I think overall, Pete, I guess – I think you're not going to read too much in this one. I still believe that this is the way the Eagles win is just limiting Jalen Hurts' overexposure, keeping him short throws, run the ball more. Doesn't mean A.J. Brown can't get there. Doesn't mean Devonta Smith can't get there. Two great yards after catch, guys. But I feel like the overall Eagles stack, like taking two guys, onslaughting the stack, taking Quez Watkins, I don't have a lot of faith in that, and I feel like these reports kind of make me feel that I might have been on the right track all along. Wait, why? Why are you? Why are you bearish on on the cheaper versions of the stack? So basically, like he can't throw the ball more than more than ten yards, which is like the whole kind of supposition that people have made why he's going to take the leap this year is that he's going to throw the ball deep, he's going to be slinging it more. Like AJ Brown could get fed, Devontae could be fed, Quez could get fed, Goddard could be fed. I don't think that's the case. And I feel like I've said that a few times on the show and I know you pushed back and you might push back here, but I just don't think he's a deep ball guy and I don't think that's how they win. Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, Nick talking about whether how reliable that reporter is with that report too. And I mean, the opinions on hurts as just a thrower have been all always very polarized. And so, you know, the things I'm hanging my hat on and, you know, and I, I heard Corrine talking about this too, was they, they started out the season incredibly fast last year. They were one of the more pass heavy teams. And then they just completely reverted it and went running back heavy. But I think, the the addition of AJ Brown has to mark some kind of fundamental difference in how this team plays. Like they've really beefed up their pass catching. I do expect Devonta Smith to take a second year leap. Goddard's a top 10 tight end and they have a great talent in the running back room too. So I kind of am more willing to fade the noise on, you know, beat reporters trying to, you know, film grind their way on how Hertz is looking and uh, and trust that this offense has the talent. And kind of the innovative coaching, you know, to really get the most out of it is kind of the bet I'm willing to make. So I don't know. It's always hard to, you know, separate signal from noise with these training camp reports. But uh, I guess I'm reluctant to rely on this beat reporter's. I do have to say uh, Nick here, I think revealing his bias, only Eagles reporter I have blocked and I'm an (laughs) Eagles fan. I guess I was reading that as blocked him, but still not great relationships there for Nick. So maybe a little bit of bias and Alex Berg also saying side note, imagine being a reporter that charts pass attempts and chart and targets in training camp. A lot of these guys are doing it now because they understand that the fantasy community, the betting community is what gives them a boost in their following. So I think it's actually fun, Pete. I'm I'm pro these guys. They want to be amateur stack takers in every sort of training camp. I'm happy to read them all. No, I actually prefer that. I, I believe the, I remember it was a couple years ago. The first ones to do it was one of the new England beats and they were chart. Someone was charting air yards, I think at, at a new England practice, but at least that's tangible data, you know, that I think is interesting. Like, Hey, which one of these running backs are, they caught X amount of passes. And then you can kind of compare that relative to the other backs and stuff like that. Having actual tangible information I think is helpful versus a guy being like, Oh yeah, this guy looks like he's in the best shape of his life. That's where uh, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that. Positive uh, camp reports as well. I'm going to try to do this fast, because I know we got to get to the puppy three draft, of course, drafting for the million dollar prize pool on there in a little bit. Elijah Moore looks ready to take the next step after an impressive rookie season. According to the athletic, he's had the most success on deep passes, both from Zach Wilson and Flacco. Moore is likely in line to be Wilson's number one target, at least to start the season. They all say that Corey Davis has been targeted the most overall, but um, not quite looking as impressive. Garrett Wilson also looking perfectly good as well, but Elijah Moore, Pete, you were beating the drums for him last year. I think uh, kind of the hype around him has slowed down a little bit because of drafting Garrett Wilson. I think, Uh, I've seen him come down a little bit in ADP, but I love Elijah Moore. And I think this news makes me feel really good about the exposure. I have his way. makes me feel good about that week 17 game against Seattle. Elijah Moore though, where are you standing on where he's currently getting drafted? I mean, I like both of them. Um, I think just cost adjusted, you have to like Garrett Wilson, um, a little bit more. I mean, he's, he's just so cheap for a wide receiver with his prospect and his, or his prospect profile and his draft capital. I mean, I'm excited about Drake London, too. I'm excited about Burks. But the fact that there's such a spread between these guys and Garrett Wilson right now, and I think it is because of how hype people are with Elijah Moore, but I don't know why we're making it almost mutually, mutually exclusive. Like the rooms are drafting Tyree kill and waddle both fairly aggressively. Like if anything, I think Moore is fairly priced and still a good pick at his ADP. But I think Garrett Wilson's mispriced by like two, three rounds relative to his teammate and these other rookie wide receivers. And Corey Davis probably should get drafted more or get drafted. I don't think highly, but he's certainly the guy that doesn't fit the archetype we look for the most, but another in the best shape of his life guy, according to some of the other reports from jets beat guys. So I'm willing to take Corey Davis, but I'm with you. I think Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, so for the two man stack you want and one athletic headline I'll bring to you Pete, before we do our salaries draft for week one of NFL DFS, the headline of the athletic do the Falcons stink. They know you think that, and they're not happy. It's a joke says the Falcons. I just love seeing positive Falcons buzz. Pete Kyle Pitts sticks to going to the Super Bowl. Olamide is a key. They're making the playoffs. I'm buying into the Falcons. They're talking Arthur Smith is apparently saying like, "Oh, read old articles about the iPhone. Nobody believed in the iPhone either," <laughs> which is a hilarious marketing tool. I love the Falcons. You know this, Pete. I've touted them time and time again. But uh, any any love for the Falcons being compared to a 2007 iPhone? I love uh, Arthur Smith comparing himself to the late Steve Jobs too. I mean that uh, <laughs> that seems like a very flattering comparison for him. Um, yeah, I mean the Falcons are a tough one, right? Because and we've been running into this in some of our main event drafts. Um, it's a little easier in a one-off best ball draft where you know there's good prices on all these guys. I think Pitts is a value, I think London's a value, I think Algier is a nice pick. Um, I like taking Ritter very late in, in drafts. And yet at the same time, it's really hard to envision scenarios where this offense can support all of those guys. And I think the more likely outcome is we get a nuclear season from one of Pitts or London and those guys smash, but I'm still having a trouble having trouble kind of reconciling, liking all these individual prices, but just being realistic about what this offense can accomplish. And even if Mariota is hitting his stride, it's going to be a lot of designed runs and a lot of scrambling. And, and so I just wonder um, how to really reconcile those two things against each other. All right. Well, so we'll see how that reflects in the week one salaries draft and particularly area in the chat. One of our regulars saying, this is a fun news and notes. Spags is confirming his priors, then asking Pete if he should have these priors or not. Uh, I am obsessively tracking the news, Pete. I'm on vacation. I'm refreshing the athletic every minute that I possibly can just to stay up on everything because it is coming hot and heavy. And I feel like I've never seen this much training camp reporting where they realize this is a cottage industry now and everybody's got their beat guys out there. And I love this time of year now. I'm so excited. And any shares I like, got of anybody that's like a positive training camp report, I'm like, instantly erect <laughs> that's what i will cool. say well yeah nick Rudman. i should pull this up he had this tweet the other day after the julio thing which was so true um i think he yeah he pinned it here i'll pull this tweet up because it speaks to the sentiment that you just shared here and he said uh who cares if Julio Jones scores a single point? If you got him in the 18th round, the dopamine release watching his ADP surge is worth more than the $2 million. And there is like such truth to that. I mean, just playing the stock market with these guys, and it is totally on paper gains. You are not cashing out your Julio Jones closing line value, but I'm with you. It feels so fucking good. And it's hilarious where we dismiss any training camp reports that don't, uh, reflect our bags or you know, don't confirm our priors. And then the ones that do, it just feels so, so good. So yes, it is one of the funnest things about having a portfolio is just processing news through your hyper-biased lens and loving every minute of it. And victory lapping takes that haven't even occurred yet correctly. It's <laughs> the other fun part of it. But the week one salaries, Pete, I'm going to give you the floor first so we can hit this fast, getting bonked for my, look, sometimes you get a wreck just reading NFL news. That's life. Uh, the week one salaries, anything stand out to you meaningfully? I'll give you the first pick so you could sort of set the tone because I did cover it briefly on the Friday Spag solo stream. So you guys saw me build some lineups there. And we're going to try to do that more on the show. But does anybody really jump out to you as being an obvious 101 in terms of salary versus what you think they could be doing in NFL week one DFS? Yeah, I mean, the first one for me is the quarter. I think Trey Lance at 6K is is pretty absurd. I mean, if we kind of use, you know, best ball ADP as like a bit of a proxy here, knowing what these rushing quarterbacks can do, like, I don't think there's any reason he shouldn't be up here, you know, at least in the Jalen Hurts range at 6,800, um, you know. 6,800, 7,000. So a pretty big discount here. I mean, he's priced similarly to Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Cousins. I mean, his upside just blows those guys out of the water. That was actually a guy that I was going to draft as well. I think the Niners stack is pretty appealing. It's not a great 42 point over under for week one versus Chicago, but uh, Chicago, but you do have Brandon Auk as well as George Kittle under 6k. I'm going to add in Debo as my 101. 7,400 for him. I think it's a similar thing that I think he's a little bit underpriced because of some concern that he just might not be out there. I'm um, obviously, you know, DK is pricing this a little bit closer to when the contract seemed like it was going to happen, but I think this Trey Lance Debo stack to me just has a lot of appeal. So i I would take Debo here. Another guy I'm going to throw in, Pete, because I guess I have the pick on the turn. Rondale Moore at 4K. 24% targets were outrun last year. Was also seeing just 30 snaps per game. He's got to play more, you'd think, without um, Marquise Brown still getting up to full health right now. We also have no DeAndre Hopkins for the first part of the season. I think it's a nice spot for Rondale Moore. So 4K flat for him against Kansas City. Highest total of Week 1 so far, according to Vegas. I feel like Rondale Moore could be one of those sneaky smash plays at 5X's value right away. Yeah, I like that one. The chat is coming in so loud and strong about Kadarius Tony. Easy's is threatening to unsubscribe if I don't say Kadarius Tony. And so, you know, this morning on my Best Ball Mania 3 stream, I rugged everyone by, you know, shotgunning the draft before they could get into it. Now I need to make amends. Here's my peace offering. I'm putting Kadarius Tony in after getting bullied by the chat. I agree. That's a ridiculous price at 4100 So this lineup here, a lot of savings so far. You got another pick though, Pete. So any running backs jump out to you at all? Yeah, I was going to say Saquon Barkley, just way too cheap down here at 6,100. I mean, again, like just even looking at ADP with him going in the second round, he should at least be in this Joe Mixon, James Connor, DeAndre Swift tier up here, Aaron Jones. So he's mispriced by a good bit. There's just no reason. I think it's like 13 running backs are ahead of him in, in costs. So uh, I'll definitely exploit that here and we'll, we'll load up on the giants. Maybe you get us a Tennessee bring back here, buddy. So I don't, uh, the Tennessee bring back. I don't even know what that would be, but I do want to, I have to say Baltimore is one running back situation that I think I'm intrigued by just because we don't know Gus Edwards and, uh, and also JK Dobbins, who is falling in every draft room I am. I'm getting a crazy amount of JK Dobbins and, best ball drafts right now. But if those guys don't play week one, Pete, you have Tyler Beatty and Mike Davis, both at 4,400. I'm going to say, ruin- let's it light up this is a good light up you're trying to put fucking i love tyler Beatty, but we're not putting him in our fucking week one dfs light up i'm submitting this i'm putting this in after this you don't put okay, fucking mike you, davis in here well i mean tyler Beatty at 4400 a pass catching back if both those no. guys are out against the jets no it's just you're getting way too cute just forget about it they, come on I, make a good pick we have 5600 average we could even put in a defense i mean what about okay I do think relative to price points, I don't mind paying the 9,100 for Jonathan Taylor in week one either. And you might call me a, a chalk donkey for this one. I know people are asking for building a cash lineup. I think Taylor at 9,100 is going to be worth that salary at Houston week one. I mean, you got to play him, I think, or the Colts stack, I would say, because they're going to score points. I love how I just went from Spack touting a running back so fucking off the board. You couldn't even find him on the board to just the stone cold RB1. I mean, what a pivot there. <laughs> We saved money. We got to spend it somewhere, Pete, and that's the place we're spending it, Jonathan Taylor. Because Lord knows I'm not getting him in best ball enough. Um, all right, let's see here. Let's put in the let's put in a cheap tight end. Uh, the chat is getting very excited about Irv Smith at 3400. Hmm. Um, I can ride. I can ride with a little Irv Smith at 3400 to save us some money here. Let's put in a placeholder defense, and then you can pick our flex spot. People also like on the Friday stream, people were into the Vikings defense as one of those minimum salary teams that if you're making a bet against the Packers, like maybe they just steamroll them in week one. Um, that's a cheap one that opens up everything, but I don't actually don't know who's at 7,700 overall. Yeah, let's see what that would leave you in the flex. You're looking at Kamara. Ooh, Jamar Ooh. Chase at 7,100. I mean, how do we pass on Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think that's fair. tough to leave $600 on the table, but it's week one. I guess if you're ever going to leave more than $500 on the table, it probably is week one. Yeah, uh, will you please beg the chat not to dupe us? I'm putting this in. I'm not touching this lineup. This is, of course, the lineup we made on August 1st that will win us a million dollars, Spags. I love it. I hope so. I mean, we got to win this one way or another, Pete. I think the splash play promise that we're going to give to everybody out there, one of us is going to win seven figures somehow this year. I think we just have to, we have that's to, promise a, that's a splash a, play <laughs> promise. <laughs> it's a that promise I, I give to everyone. Uh, I am not, I am not making that promise. All right, Pete's going to hop into the puppy three here where it is a million dollars total prize pool for that one. I'm going to give some other names that jumped out to me in the uh, NFL DFS salaries. The Atlanta stack that we talked about, you have Drake London and Kyle Pitts, both of them 6K. Marcus Mariota, 5,200 at home uh, versus New Orleans. We also have Marquez Valdez scaling, 4,700. I thought was kind of appealing. 3K minimum, guys, Pete, with some vague interest. I would think Tyquan Thornton who has been looking good. And did you get the 101? Oh, no, 103. Okay, good. Uh, Tyquan Thornton catches some deep balls for Mac Jones. He's 3K flat. Brevin Jordan and Chris Conley, two Texans guys who could bet fit from no John Mechie. The pricing does reflect John Mechie as though he's going to play. Uh, Jordan's 3,100, Conley's 3,300. And then Pete Romeo Dubs, whose name is pronounced, I don't know if you saw this headline, it's pronounced Dobbs, by the way. He's 3K flat as well. We over at Ship Chasing, I think we're going to push back on this. I think we're just going to stick with the Dubs. I mean, Dubs is so cool. We throw up the Dubs. Um, I'm just not giving into this. I'm not a lot. It's kind of like when there was ambiguity about if it was Kelsey or Kels. And it's just like, I don't even really give a shit what it actually is. I'm not saying Kels. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not saying Dobbs. It's Dubs. It's Kelsey. And that's just how it's going to be. Oh, man, it seems like my Chromecast has given up here. That's the the downside of being on the road and trying to put things on. So you can see the latest hits on Netflix behind me. We got a, uh, we got pretty lot. Li- oh, pretty Lies original sin. Who's yeah, probably a big overlap with our fan base. No, that would, you made the $2 million prime promise. That was the ultimate pretty little lie there. So, uh, <laughs> oh good <laughs> high school musical the series wow what a treat there you go <sighs> god damn it i want to connect to this and now it's just gone now this the sweet screenshot's gone but we are on the clock pete what are we doing here i think cooper cup goes first you want to go Justin jefferson you want to go you mccaffrey i, what do you I want feel do? like jefferson is the guy uh i miss out the most on in these in these top five picks so let's do jefferson All right. I love it. Justin Jefferson, we've talked about a little bit on the show. He and Jamar Chase both think they can go for 2000 yards this year. And I'm buying in on that one. Um, Also, I have to note, Pete, I did switch my DraftKings avatar to our splash play avatar because I was in a room with uh, our guy Dylan, who's sometimes in the chat. He had a splash play avatar and I didn't have one. And I felt like, oh, I'm just betraying us now. So I'm fully on the brand now. Yeah, my DraftKings avatar is the counselor. I don't think I will ever change it. Um, unless I win a million dollars and I create a DFS site and I really need to market it, that I'll change it to my logo, my new logo. Well, Pete, I mean, it seems like based on what I said earlier, you have a 50% chance to win a million dollars this year. Yeah. That's my, my favorite thing of how quickly I could spit up a DFS content site after banking the Millie. I have, uh, so one thing I did, Pete, today, which I'm curious of your thoughts on, I actually did an Excel spreadsheet to track how many drafts I have to do every day moving forward, just to max out the Puppy Three, to max out Best Ball Mania, and to max out DraftKings five dollar milli maker. Uh, I have to do seven drafts per day, forty seven a week. <laughs> do you you have you thought this level of, no. of minutia for yourself? <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm, I'm on a comfortable pace to max BBM three. I'm going to get in as many puppies as I can. I'm not, I I can't best ball. No spags. I can't have that hanging over my head. That kind of. Regime. I mean, we have 38 days until the season starts September 8th. So I'm tracking it on Excel. Cause I just need to keep pace. Like I actually did three puppy three drafts this morning together. Um, <laughs> just because I like I need to know how much I have to do and I know the puppy 3s got a good shot to fill great prize pool good yield on all that stuff so I'm I'm, I'm dead set Pete I got to max them all got to catch them all how many how many of them are you going to multi table Oh, for the puppy? I mean, absolutely. Those are going to be five at a time <laughs> to make sure it gets done. DraftKings even, like the DraftKings UI, as we talk talked about a lot in this show, it sucks. But the teams I'm drafting on there are impossible to have an underdog. So I'm locked in on drafting DraftKings. I'll do two on at a time on there. and BBM, I prefer to do two max. But like the puppy, I'll probably, I could do three to five and not have an issue with it. And that's where the uh the brick overlay will come in handy when you're blasting off at five at a time and need to see those overlays there with the guys you're stacking up will uh will come in uh very handy. Yeah, you're uh you know there I don't know if you caught this, so Redman I was doing a spaces earlier, Nick Rudman from Underdog leaked a little piece of alpha that they're going to have coming soon a separate BBM3 draft room with faster clocks. He didn't say the exact amount of time, but obviously shorter than 30 seconds which I am incredibly excited about. It means casual drafters making more mistakes. It means me being able to do drafts in less than 45 minutes. Who knows? Maybe we get down to 30-minute drafts. And for you, Spags, who's trying to do 4,000 drafts before the start of the season, this is going to open up a whole new world of possibility. You know, I, I saw the tweet and I saw that Rudman didn't actually reveal what it was, but said it was in spaces and I didn't know how to see it. So I'm glad that you said that out loud because I would love to do a quick turnaround to one. I know our pal Leah Murphy, of course, last year's Best Ball Mania winner was talking about, he felt like he could do multi-tables and do a shorter clock as well because of his his chest brain. I'm, I love a shorter draft and love more mistakes, but we're on the clock. Pete, elite tight end, running back, what do you want to do? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to take Andrews at at two 210. Okay, I'm up for it. I have to say I was kind of sorting out my early, early projections for week one, just basically pulling in the Vegas totals and not changing the stats too much or snap counts. Andrews projects insanely well because of just losing all the wide receivers they had last year, um, which terrifies me. But I think Andrews is a, a very fun play and a play that I feel really good about when I saw that initial run of projections. Yeah, he's a guy like, and I know how much like things change, but he was going in the early second of drafts and that was just a tough click for me. And now that he's back here in the back end of the second round and getting closer to Pitts in price, I mean, I like both of those guys. It was just a harder sell. They're like, how do you take Andrews when Pitts is late third, Kittle and Waller going late? But now that we're getting a little bit more of a discount on him, it's interesting to me. Um, all right, Spags, what are we going to do here? Uh, I mean, it's not a, not really a big discount on Fournette. I would take A.J. Brown, despite what I said, a shit talking the Eagles offense. Like, I think A.J. Brown could still get there regardless. Yeah. Um if this was a BBM3 draft, th- these exposures you're seeing on the screen are for my BBM3 exposures. I just left them up here. Uh I might I've been balancing my my portfolio there a little bit, but in this Puppy 3, my Cherry draft here happy to scoop up AJ Brown at ADP. Um Paul, real quick on this, Paul was saying, do you think Casuals will join the quicker clocks? I was actually talking about that with Herzick uh just a few minutes ago and my thought is yes because I do think for a lot of people like how long a draft takes is something that factors in. Like right now I budget 45 minutes for a draft. But if you know that like you could finish a draft depending on what the clock is, you know, if they do a 15 second clock, I think you could reliably finish drafts in less than 30 minutes. Like even as a casual drafter, if you know, you only have a 30 minute window that all of a sudden adds, you know, more time, you know, to do drafts or to realistically finish a draft. So I do think there'll be interest in it from both casuals and grinders. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I agree. Like, I actually thought there was a very insightful quote with uh, Underdog when they released last week, of course, uh, did raise a bunch of money there and a nice valuation for themselves. But they were talking about something that I think it stood out to me compared to DraftKings in particular, who's their CEO puts their foot in their mouth. This is more of a Lowell's conversation. So I'm sure Brick and Pete would have more nuanced takes about it. But that guy, Jason Robbins, puts his foot in his mouth all the time, says things like, oh, we're a media company and people should be should be playing and be happy to lose money. Fuck that. Like the way that Underdog said it, where it's like we're a gaming studio. It's basically like a video game. So they'll build their stuff out. They'll give different ways to play." it i think that's really exciting so i i think what they're trying to do for that like it speaks to casuals more because casuals don't want to sit down for an hour they want to do 20 minutes and be done and like you know do it on the shitter basically and i think that's great for everybody in the community it's great to get new people in it's great for you guys i think it'll be more plus ev drafts i think it seems like a really smart play amidst underdog doing a lot of smart plays yeah and i do think there's a way to balance it on the other end right like maybe you do have and it doesn't quite work with the tournament but if you did have you know, beginner drafts, maybe they were a smaller Mm. tournament, maybe it's single entry and that is a minute, you know, clock where it's like, Hey, this is your first draft or one of your first five drafts. And you want to take the time and feel like you really have enough time to process all that information. But I mean, once you do like, what do you think is the threshold? I feel like once you've done 25 of these drafts with the same format, I feel like you're so like locked and dialed in that the 32nd clock is almost completely unnecessary. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. And I'm just curious to see the wrinkles they keep rolling out for this home stretch, like the underdog cardio club is the news here. Of course, Pete had a big part in that, but they're doing a lot of stuff. So I think be beneficial to players and give you guys different ways to play these things. And, I think it's just exciting as somebody that to me, like I feel like a lot of the edge has been squeezed out of the main DFS sports for the most part. So playing underdog, you know, it's obviously speed pizza's sponsors could be by them. Uh, we have the promo code splash on here, but I think if you're not playing underdog right now, you should be. And, and Pete, I think we might have set a viewership record for live viewers right now. So kudos to us. Pat on the back. Yeah, everyone heard that you went to such big effort to get uh high school musical <laughs> on over your shoulder that they had to Had to come watch, although we have breaking news from the chat here. James Washington carted off at Cowboys practice. Uh, Willis saying it doesn't look good. I mean, they're already very thin with Michael Gallup going to be a little slow coming back from injury. So, I mean, you want to talk about a steamer right now? I mean, Jalen Tolbert Tolbert is just he's he's ready for full on blast off here. There's one guy who I saw, oh man, it was in the athletic article, but there's like a six, six receiver who's been looking really good in camp too. I feel like Varcher is maybe his last name. I'll look it up in a sec, but um, I agree with Tolbert. Like Tolbert was a monster in college. I think it's one thing that's been slept on. Like he had unreal production at a lower level, but we're on the clock, Pete. So make your pick and I'll look up this receiver. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Brees Hall here. Anything else you would vouch for? Honestly, I haven't taken enough Brees Hall lately because he got steamed up so much. This ADP is now up 15 spots more. It wasn't best ball media, but we're in the puppy. So if you're going to take Brees Hall, I think taking him in the puppy would be logical. Yeah, ADP 41.9, grabbed him at 46 here. Still maintain. He is going to be a uh, third round pick here in short order. So we'll scoop him up here. Yeah, I'm seeing, who is this receiver that I was? Like, uh, there was everyone's it, like, saying TJ Vasher. Is that what That's Vasher, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Vasher. No. Yeah. It's, it's. I think it's Vasher. Yeah. So there's like. Uh. No. That's the short guy. There's. Hold on. I'm gonna look it up here because this is gonna drive me nuts. But there's like one tall guy who's the only tall receiver they have right now on their roster. Uh. But Vasher is the one they signed. Yes. Who was like very good and and great after yards after the catch. Um. J Mike says OBJ to D- uh to Dallas. We have a couple. Hmm. Will Fuller to Dallas. I mean, that would be the nuts, right? That'd be the absolute nuts <laughs> there. That that honestly feels too good to be true. Um. I would love that fuller to Dallas one time. Let's do it. Yep. I mean, that would be great, but I mean, I, they, they drafted Tolbert like Tolbert's a pretty high draft capital guy. Like I, I don't think it makes the most sense for them. And I, I'd be bummed, like give Tolbert a chance at least, unless you think he sucks well, in training camp. No, it's not that. I mean, they're, they're out of, they need bodies. Like even if they have a somewhat redundant skill set, I mean, they, they need pass catching weapons in there right now. All right. Fair enough. And we're, uh, we're on the clock. Pete, what are we going to do? Oops. I was zoning out. Um. <laughs> So you know what? I would probably just grab Lamar here to stack up with uh, yes. with Andrews. Yeah, I never have an issue. You know, as I've talked about on the streams, I do think the roster trusted explorers say try to take a QB in those first four rounds, especially round five. I think it's a little more malleable. We have Andrews Jackson. Um is there yeah, no, we did Bateman went right before us. Bateman is gonna go early in the puppy, huh? Um, I mean I don't know he i he's a guy that i have a hard time seeing him get pushed up much harder what he's normally in this like pick 50 to pick 55 range yep I and mean, what's his no I, I think yeah 54.8 yeah so just a smidge early he was going 58 ish wasn't he in B- bbm i don't know spags did you game. see you had been asking for this obviously this is for bbm3 but i do now have my <laughs> average ownership in here or uh, Montgomery at yeah. zero huh <laughs> Wow. I mean, I know you, we are both are Khalil Herbert guys, but zero David Montgomery seems surprising given what how you draft. Um, It's true. I, I I think I thought I had one share of him. Maybe it really is zero. Maybe the math doesn't lie. Also, everybody is right, and I was trying to figure it out. Is I thought the USFL guy they signed, is it Turpin the one they signed who's like the USFL MVP? Yes. Yeah, yes. so he's the short one. is the tall one. Okay, we're good. We're good. This is what happens at training camp. Like, I'm Pete, I'm sure it's the same way thing with you. You're digesting so much information now where it's like these guys and, and trying to keep track, too, of these guys that we haven't talked about at all. Like, we've talked about Romeo Dubs, so he's in my head. We've talked about some of these other guys. Uh, Nathan – or TJ Vasher was not a name I even knew existed in the world. Well, I should know Kevontae Turpin because he, he I, my my first video I made on the new Deposit Kingdom YouTube channel was a USFL primer. God, does that feel a long time ago. And I believe I touted Kevontae Turpin in that video. And now I'm pretending like I don't even know who he is. So life comes yeah. at you fast. He's more of a special teamer kind of guy. feels like yeah. they're, you know, the, the, Dallas had Tavon Austin a few years. I feel like that's more Turpin's kind of brand. Like he's kind of guy that doesn't make the NFL very often because of the size thing. But Vasher being enormous, like they need somebody who's enormous besides Dalton Schultz. All right, let's get our queue ready. T.J. Vasher. Uh, Don, <laughs> Don Terry. Oh, Don Drummond. Noah Brown. There's so much opportunity, guys, here. If you're not loading up your queue with Dalton Schoen. No, okay. Who, I mean, see, the thing is, you can tell people. I've, I've given you my theory before about the athletic reporting. Vasher having an ADP at all in the puppy means people are reading the athletic and taking out of some sort of gospel. I mean, let's, I mean, this 80, I don't even know if we've gotten an actual ADP refresh like this 41.9. I posted a screenshot of this from BBM three. I'm, I'm guessing this is just ADP ported over from BBM three and we haven't even gotten a puppy refresh yet would be my guess. I thought we did. Cause I, I thought that Brees hall was a little bit lower. I mean, I haven't drafted as many BBMs. I guess Friday would be the last Tur- time I drafted. Turpin's not even in the, the player pool. Uh, well,
1: I mean, so. maybe he
0: shouldn't be. We're a TJ Basher family here. Pete. That's right. <laughs> Um, I just want you guys to know. I know it's sometimes like a giant billboard on who to snipe us on, but please don't take any of these guys <laughs> in the queue ahead of me. Please don't take Don Drummond in the tenth round and really get in our heads. Boy, we'd be so disappointed. Who does Dalton show to even play for? Cut loose by Kansas City. I think he's primed to sign with the Cowboys here now with James Washington being carted off. One thing I was doing in my three uh, multi-table drafts on the puppy this morning, I was taking see Higgins at like fifteen through twenty just to fuck with people in- and. <laughs> drive up the adp even more because on DraftKings he's got a 30 adp and that's slowly creeping up i don't want people to get t higgins at like a a discount price tag i want him to be full premium yeah i I like you you thinking you could throw your adp weight around and influence thousands and thousands of drafts of data nick is uh see this is the high wire act you tune in for quick let's scrap them so they auto draft one of those guys um did dobbins make it all the way back to us this is a smash here for us I Dob- honestly, Dobbins might make it back one more time. I've been getting him in the 80s in some drafts. I don't like really? people see that out tag, especially on DraftKings, and they just don't want to take a guy. We're not on DraftKings bags, we're on underdog. These drafters <laughs> are smart. They're waiting for us to auto draft TJ Vasher so they can scoop up JK Dobbins. 10 picks past ADP on a Baltimore stack. I, I say we locked it up, which we did. it'd be pretty great if like we did auto draft TJ Vasher and he ended up being worth whatever draft capital <laughs> we spent on him. Wouldn't be the smartest play, but still be fun. It'd be um, as uh, unrealistic as that cash game lineup we submitted into the MillieMaker <laughs> a month in advance. Winning, uh, I'm probably Devonte Smith here. Michael Thomas, uh, Philly correlation. Ugh, fine. Yeah, Michael Thomas. You got to take some now of because I don't think you were taking a lot of him in BBM. No, three percent. Yeah, so like I would say you got to take a little bit now because he's healthy and he's out there and he's actually playing. Yeah, I just still think if we're trying to chase like a big breakout of it, like. I don't know do you think mike thomas could be a second round pick next year no i mean in terms of a breakout no but can he be a guy that makes a portfolio where we took two receivers through the first seven rounds like palatable i think so as long as he scores 30 points in week 17 all is forgiven specs i mean the philly new orleans week 17 pete that's one of the games that people aren't stacking enough if i were to believe a pete Overs that thumbnail that was actually cleveland washington i think for you that is that i i, I hold by that take that has to be the least that game although that will probably now. change now yeah <laughs> That's why also, I got it in good. So somebody, I don't, I, I've been reluctant. I didn't even bring it to the Friday stream, but somebody on our our Discord who's one of our regulars or one of our newer regulars. Uh, DM me a, an anecdote about Sam Howell. That is why are you being scandalous. shady about their name? Is this your weed dealer thing? You're always no, so it's shady. Not. It's like just say their fucking name. I, I won't say their name because I don't want to <laughs> give away. This is a high school story from this person who went to high school with uh, with Sam Howell. Oh, okay. Sh- should I share it? Should I share the story? Actually, I think it's sure. one of the people who's in the chat right now. All right, share it. I don't. This isn't my okay. source. Okay, so this person says Sam Howell, when he was 15, a sophomore in high school, Facetime my friend's girlfriend at 1 a.m. with camera pointed at his meat, just beating the shit out of it. And other high schools in the area found out and heard his dick was so small, they would hold their pickies up at games and yell "shrimp dick" every time he was on the field. Shrimp dick. <laughs> so this guy doesn't eat steak. He might have a shrimp dick, and he's overcompensating with air yards and deep ball throws, is what Sam Howell. <laughs> Stewing for the- goodness strip dick sam does that have a- <laughs> an nfl does have a nice has a very nice ring to it <laughs> but i mean imagine getting that chat pete like you don't have sources like i have now that i've developed that are just solely dick size based <laughs> no i mean you we cultivate the sources we want and you clearly are you know uh, a magnet for the for this kind of information I'm glad to bring it to the show where we have the most viewers we ever had. By the way, subscribe to Pete's channel. Go subscribe to the Splash Play channel as well if you're new around here because uh, we're doing best ball drafts right now. We're doing training camp news. but We continue it rolling during the season. NFL, DFS, lots of great guests in the industry, lots of betting. So please subscribe to Splash Play, uh, the best show in fantasy football. Question: mark. So I forget if we talked about this on Monday, but are you going to have Mathology on one of your solo streams after his Tour de Force performance on Ship Chasing? So I didn't see it. I, I didn't watch it. I that was one of the weeks wow. I didn't see. I know, I know. I'm a I betrayed I mean, you and Pat and Greg. I think I think you dropped the ball. Not I mean that debut performance from Mathology should have been on the splash play solo stream with you. And I mean, it wasn't like you know, we we're trying to take you know steal your Mathology Thunder, it was just you sat around on it for so long. He came in with a list of players. He had heavily researched all of these Instagrams. He dictated our picks, uh, weaved us in and out of some very tough pockets of the room thanks to his, you know, WAG model. And uh, I'm just surprised it wasn't on the solo stream. Well, I mean, I guess I fucked up. Pete, you know the value of having a solo stream where people show up. So that's what I've been trying to build up for myself is that that people just want to hang out with you. But then Mathology, I think now he's a character on ship chasing. So I'd be seen as derivative if I were to have him on. No, this is this is ridiculous, Spags. You need to bring mathology into your wings. He's part of your personal brand. It's part of the voice of that show. I mean, even on ship chasing, I mean, it was a little bit of a high wire act. You know, we have we get iTunes reviews saying, like, you don't these guys laugh too much and talk about friends stuff at the top of the show and don't get into the football. I mean, it was it was a lot throwing mathology at them. Whereas on those solo streams, I mean, people expect that kind of smut from you. So I think it's a perfect brand fit that's fair i mean look honestly the solo streams it's weird like uh, they'll have a certain amount of people to watch, and i appreciate everybody who shows up live on friday the after the fact views that i get pete is baffling like i think it's all my thumbnail game i don't know if you saw this last one i went uh Salvetry mode where i noticed sal is doing like five character fucking thumbnails now where it's like whatever word he puts on there it'll be like draft or bad <laughs> like that's it so i put no rb to question mark and people are eating it up um there you go spags you're you're cracking the algo here god there are a ton of running backs uh available here to the point where i just i almost would rather just grab tyler boyd or garrett wilson i feel like we talked about garrett wilson so i would go that (laughs) way but i don't mind either yeah i mean this this room feeling a little avalanchey here um let's get out in front of it All right. Fair enough. I mean, I I certainly don't want to take any of those running backs that were available. I feel like we've got, honestly, we could do a borderline hyper fragile with getting Brees Hall and and Dobbins at a nice discount. Yeah. And I'm not even opposed to uh, like CH or Edmonds um, with one of these next picks as well. Where are you with Gibson, by the way? Because I forget if we've talked about this out loud on the show, but he felt a 90 in the, one of the puppy drafts I did this morning, and I'm just taking him because, like, I have enough Brian Robinson, I have enough McKissick to justify it. But, like, I think he should be going 90, but it also feels yeah. insane he's going 90 now. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, it does feel like he should be going in that C.E.H. Miles Sanders range, so it's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, hang on, let's see here. Oh, I wanted to grab C.E.H. He goes... Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm good with, uh, Edmonds is probably like my favorite guy in this range here. What do you think? I've been trying to get some more Edmonds lately because I didn't get enough early in BBM and I feel like I have enough Mostert and enough, uh, Sonny Michelle to justify really trying to get Edmonds. So he's one of my zero RB guys I'm really loading up on lately. So I support it. Yeah. Um, someone wants to know what was the CMC pick on your Friday thumbnail? Um, oh so it was there's a photo I searched it and he has a photo of him shirtless wearing a cowboy hat for some reason I don't know why I'm I'm assuming it's Olivia Culpo ruining his life and career I uh, would be mind of my, mine the fantasy counselors guess but yeah it was just like I searched Christian McCaffrey and one of the photos that comes up now is him shirtless wearing a, like a child's cowboy hat Oh yeah I've seen I've seen that uh, that counselor post yeah <laughs> Counselor uh, one of counselor's favorite bits is ragging on CMC saying he can't be good at fantasy football because he cares about modeling too much I, which I agree with. Like, I know, I know Pete, the whole bit is like the counselor's an idiot. He's right about this one. You get too distracted at a certain point as a running back who's also kind of fragile. It's not great. No, that's such a slippery logic slope. So like you go around and comb through every guy's social media feed. And if they're not, you know, eating, sleeping, thinking about football 24 seven, then all of a sudden they're distracted. Get out of here. Well, you know, Pete, there's this a is famous such a boomer back. take. This is like a Colin Coward, just such a fucking boomer take, bags. It depends if it's effort, like on the field, like Juju doing shit on the field, like it's annoying, but he's on the field doing things like Christian McCaffrey has been out doing fake proms during COVID. He's dressing like one of the fucking one of the characters on Grease. Like he's just he wants to be famous so bad. And I think it's not great. They're also limiting his workload because they know he's super fragile. I think your Deontay Foreman take was the initial right take. Just take him late and just hope something happens with McCaffrey. What would you rather have? Because you're putting more of a premium on if these guys being publicly distracted. What if under the dark of night, they're going out to the club every night, getting wasted, partying, but you don't ever actually hear any reports about that. What do you think is actually worse? No, that, that's like a good thing. Like, I could tell, you know, here's a man that you could look up and, you know, you look up a significant other, a quarterback on the rise, a young man who was traded in the offseason, uh, one Drew Locke. You look up his wife or his significant other, Natalie Newman's page, you know what she's doing, Pete? She's staining lamps in their Seattle apartment because she's busy at home taking care of the home front. Christian Kirk as well, his significant other, does all the home shit, takes care of the dog. Those are the people you want. You don't want Christian McCaffrey out here trying to impress Olivia Culpo. Every time we turn on our TV, as Tyler points out here, Tom Brady's shilling some he other product. That. He earned that with Giselle. He got there. He earned that with Giselle? Giselle's the reason he earned that? Well, like he was so good over a period of time. Dizel comes into his life, brings him even better. I feel like that's where Tom Brady. Like you, if you do this for ten years, do whatever the fuck you want. Be LeBron. Be annoying on social media. Post your son all of a sudden growing up, fucking ten inches overnight. That's fine. But like when you're still on the come up and you haven't really achieved anything, I think you play it closer to the vest and show it on the field. This is such a boomer take. I, know, I can't believe you Fox have it. News. <laughs> Fox News, the new sports show they're doing on there. That'll be where I get to make my debut. I cannot even imagine the amount of things you would be doing in shilling spags if you were an NFL athlete the first or second year of your career. You would be a disaster and you know it. (laughs) That's un- that's you would unfair. be an absolute disaster. No, I would be one of those guys like, oh, he's first one in the room, last no! one to leave. Because <laughs> I'd be terrified no. of losing my millions of dollars. Like I, that's that's the thing that worries me when guys get too cozy because you got that first big contract, especially as a running back who's entering that stage where things get dicey. You would be trying to hook up with your your mom's best friends. You'd be <laughs> shooting TikToks, at asking people to subscribe to your YouTube channel. You'd be selling some kind of protein powder um, we need to get. I mean, this avalanche is scary. We need to draft wide receivers. Devontae Parker has been getting the positive camp reports for the uh for the Patriots. I wouldn't mind taking him over Jacoby. And uh, I don't know if you know. Team. Yeah, there you go. You got to it. You got there. Week seventeen correlation, Pete. That's because what? What's the only week that matters, Pete? Uh week seventeen. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yes, I would say from my perspective, if I were a pro athlete, which obviously we're very far away from, I would be trying really hard and then DMing Instagram models and expecting them to show up at 2 a.m. after I put in a hard day on the field and watch watching film. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And then these models would all collectively put you on blast on Twitter. And then it would be revealed that Spags is this horn dog sliding into all of these DMs. Spags, you would unravel so quickly. So for you to cast judgment at these players for enjoying their lives is so hypocritical. I go off the green to agree or disagree on this one, Pete, I guess. Cause I think I would, the people just be like, wow, he's trying so hard to practice. I love his highlights. And then he's got that dog in him. So <laughs> they would say, cause I'm aggressively DMing everybody with breasts. <laughs> <It's> the- <laughs> you, you're literally proving my point. Uh, let's take Christian Watson here. Uh, I don't know oh. if you know, but the Packers play green Bay in week 17. <laughs> I know, I know Romeo Dobbs is all the rage right now, but, uh, let's just do this. Do we only have one QB? Yes. We could have taken Kirk Cousins there, and I think it would have been perfectly logical. Yes, but we're, we're getting buried in this sneaky wide receiver avalanche that came out of nowhere, and we're having to recover. See, I don't mind when that happens sometimes, because that means that's when you get one of your training camp news lineups where it's like a Ken and Wagnu <laughs> running back when you get uh, – Wondell Robinson, who's starting at wide receiver, apparently for the Giants. You get your Daniel Bellinger at tight end. You can get all these guys, Pete, that we have an information advantage. I don't mind the wide receiver avalanches as much as I think, as, as you do, despite the fact that obviously we are missing out on more elite talent. Well, I mean, what what's your plan at wide receiver? Is it the Q? Because that's who would be available for us if we didn't prioritize <laughs> this avalanche scenario. I mean, do, would you hate getting to share at CJ Basher at this point? He's 6'6", Pete. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll say it. What if TJ Vasher is the guy you need this year? What if? It's not gonna be Kavate Turpin because he's too short. And, and also because he's not in the player pool is gonna have a big no, uh, big part of that. It's a big part of it. I but the thing is like I think if you work the draft rooms late, like right now in this particular window of time where information is still kind of shoddy, you can get your Alec Pierces, you can get your George Pickens, you can get your your dubs, you can get your you can get your TJ Vashers, you get all these guys late <laughs> that you just didn't get enough exposure to. I don't mind when a build works out like that. Did you just do that entire rant just so you could say TJ Vasher at the end of it? (laughs) I mean, I do think there's a lot of value now in the like the 140 to 200 wide receiver range. I will say that. Like, I think it's not a bad spot to be like a zero RB guy because you could then spam running backs for a while, go back to wide receiver, and then close it out spamming some more wide receiver or some more running backs rather. Someone do this tweet. You're drafting the wrong Dalton on the Cowboys right now. (laughs) Dalton Schoen is a free agent, but if we read through the tea leaves, He should be siding with the Cowboys any minute. I mean, that's their hedge there. I mean, Dalton Schultz is only on a franchise tag. He could be gone. Dalton Schultz showing they could be building up in the back end, just ready to take that spot. So some of our new ADP data points here. Deshaun Watson did go in the ninth round of this draft. Julio Jones going in the 11th round at pick 130. Um, It's a new landscape. That's tough, man. Like Deshaun Watson now going like with guys who are theoretically going to play all the games this year. Like, would you rather have Dak? I'd rather have Dak, I think. And I probably would rather have Kirk cousins. Uh, I definitely would rather have Dak. I think I'd prefer Watson over cousins. I just think with the rushing, he's going to give you just a higher ceiling than, than cousins can. can. That's fair. I think it's my Justin Jefferson, like obsession. Like I'm I, I think Justin Jefferson is like the guy who breaks fantasy this year. I know it's like, it's not crazy because he's going to the top five, so whatever top three usually. Would you say um, like along with Vasher, he could be the guy you need? <laughs> I mean, if they were on the same team, imagine that stack, but I, he could be like a, a Justin Jefferson, TJ Vasher lineup. I feel like as live as anybody to be the first splash plate million dollar winner. Yeah. I can't wait to get auto drafted TJ Vasher. Um, <laughs> Let's see. What do we want to do here? Um quarterback, definitely a big tear break just win, although we could we could get Jameis Winston with our next pick. We could you build take out discount our scout Madison. I wouldn't mind with our Minnesota better. With our Minnesota, sure. Yeah, you know, unless we're gonna do in Wagnu late, which I'm not opposed to because I'm still deeply terrified Madison's gonna get cut and then he's the backup. I mean, this this rumor spags, the way these get burrowed in your brain here i'm terrified man every report like and again it was a reef like we know a reef i didn't grant it i didn't follow up with the reef and go like hey what's going on with kenny K- 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 and Wagnu?" like i need to know but like he was like Wagnu looks like he's jumping off the page and i think he said it in multiple articles now in the athletics so we know a reef does this show and he's as sharp as anybody so connect the dots pete i'm excited to get a reef back on that's one of our, the most fun annual shows uh we do yeah we got it uh this year too i think we can we can bring back ian if we wanted to and uh and eric eager from uh from pff because we've we've softened the shores <laughs> of that relationship so i'm, I'm happy about that you want to do winston here with our new orleans and yeah philly and then we can yeah, be be done at quarterback james looking healthy in camp so far uh i gotta say i do wish we'd gotten Olave. i don't think it would have been possible with where we were drafting but like Olave, I feel like he and Thomas are a nice pair because I feel like I could see they're they're good games ping ponging back and forth. Yeah, and I like you know I wasn't excited about the Michael Thomas pick, but I'd rather you know double down on that bet. Like if if Thomas outperforms his ADP there, and I think you can debate whether he will. I you know Winston has to be coming along for the ride in that scenario. So um, I'm happy to kind of open ourselves up to more Michael Thomas variants with the Winston pick. Actually, Pete, can you pull up Willis's chat there about having an athletic subscription because of Arif? Because I want to pull, we we do so many things here. I do my backhand and compliments. I think you, if you are watching this stream, should be subbed to The Athletic. And if you are subbing to The Athletic, go to Arif Hassan's profile. He's at Arif Hassan NFL. Use his promo code to ju- go sign up for The Athletic because it's worth your time. We love Arif. And I, I really would say, like, you got to have The Athletic right now. I think they're doing a f- tremendous job. Follow your local beat writers too, but like, I follow that and I feel so much smarter for reading every article. And I'm sure I skip over Pete, the offensive line, and defensive line parts of every single training camp report. We all do. Like, uh, we all do. I this love is a safe guys. space. Yeah. yeah. And like, Ar- yeah, Arif is just such a, a smart guy. And and everybody athletic is like an Arif. And I think it's worth the, the money you pay, $70 a year or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I literally, uh, it sounds like we're doing an athletic ad read. I assure you, we do not get <laughs> any money from big athletic, but I just renewed my sub. Uh, as well, it used to be one of my bits that I would only read the lead on the athletic before the paywall kicked in. Then Pat gave me, like, gifted me a two week sub. They were doing something like that where I had to put in my credit card, forgot to cancel, then became a sub. And then I've just been auto renewing since because it is, I mean, the, Um, The amount of the like reliable blurbs and stuff coming out, I mean, they're almost like 60, 70% all sourced directly to the athletic at this point too. So Mm -hmm. it's almost a must uh, if you're doing any kind of news grinding like we are. Yeah, and then another unbiased take, you should go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and also pay for what they're doing. Football Outsiders Almanac is a great read going on right now that you can have, bring it to the beach with you like I'm doing this week. You know, just read it. Uh, but also we're doing a lot of great stuff. We have some interesting uh, co- uh, contributors coming up too that I think we're going to add uh, that perhaps went viral this weekend, hopefully. So I'm excited for uh, some of Wow, idea. what a tease. Yeah. Wait, is this, you're saying they went viral and then you said, we need you and reached out to them? No, before, actually. I was reaching out to this okay. guy. I was like, oh, fuck. We might not be able to get him as like a contractor now because like he's got 300 likes in this tweet." with that underdog is doing something nice for him. <laughs> okay, so you could just say Tom. I love Tom. I think Tom Strachan is very smart. We're figuring out the details, but I think we're going to have Tom on Football <laughs> Outsiders this year. So honestly, uh, we could sidestep that, but honestly a super cool story for those of you guys who don't know, Tom lives in the UK, does a ton of underdog content, really sharp dude can't draft like, you know, God bless underdog. If I couldn't draft, I'm sorry. I wouldn't be making this content. Like I couldn't do it. The fact that he is able to do that. And so Rudman and the team reach out to him. They're going to fly him out to New York put him up uh, for a few days, give him some tour of the office and let him just absolutely blast off on a bunch of drafts, register for a bunch of slows. Super cool story there. Uh, underdog making the dreams come true. Um, let's see here. You want to do, we could do Corey Davis, another Jets bet. I don't mind it. I mean, like a lot of positive reports on Corey Davis. I know uh, Khalil Herbert's always there for you too. Cause you don't ever draft David Montgomery, but um, Corey Davis, I feel like we we don't draft a lot on this show, I would say. No. And then I think, too, we could potentially grab Noah Fant as our tight end, too. And then also we could leave open the door if we did want to do a QB three with Zach Wilson. If he falls, I got I got Zach Wilson at pick 200 in my best ball mania three draft this morning. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I normally, I've really been trying to not do three QB builds. Even, you know, I, obviously the Drew Lock jokes aside, if you're ever going to take Drew Lock at this point, take going to a three QB build. But like we got both Jets receivers who are pretty good and um, seems like positive vibes. So I think this is one case where you could take Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. What are you thinking here? Um. So Noah Fant goes, that tilts me. I don't know why mm. I said that out loud. Um. Paris Campbell is uh, the other receiver in this range or McKenzie. I'm good with either of those guys Do we guys need a here. second tight end? I feel like maybe Evan Ingram because it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, we could do uh we could do Evan Ingram. Yeah, otherwise you're right. Evan Ingram probably oh hang on. Oh did I get it? Oh we were so close <laughs> to TJ Basser. I was flying so close to the sun on that one. We could have also gotten Taysom Hill, I guess. That would have been a nice hedge. So he's hurt his like ribs are banged up in camp. I saw yeah. Um uh, I haven't been drafting a lot of Ingram and uh not because I've been like going out of my way not to, but, uh, thank you. Thank you for the suggestion. I think that was fine. Yeah. I think we just needed a tight end. Who's decent. Evan Ingram like had a lot of drops early in Jacksonville camp from what I was reading, but still is getting targeted in Jacksonville camp. So I'm going to take that. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we kind of had a luxury pick there. Like if we wanted to do a three QB or three tight end build, we could have, like, I think there were, if we pass on that, if we go Campbell, I think we could do Andrews with, like you said, Taysom Hill and another dart throw at the end. I've been tossing in Greg Dolchich and Trey McBride a decent bit in some of my punt tight end builds now, just kind of thinking through the upside scenarios there. But yeah, I think we were, this kind of freezes up if we do want to do the Zach Wilson double stack, I think we still can. Yeah, I don't mind that. Honestly, we built a nice little team here. Like it's tough on the streams. Like I've definitely noticed it more when doing the solo streams, but I think we built a unique but but pretty decent upside team, and we can still take a Ravens receiver in the 18th. Like, we have a lot of flexibility here. Or we can just take TJ Vasher and live up to all the hype that he's been that's been building over the course of this hour. I know. I can't really tell if the momenta, if this is, you know, Chekhov's Vasher or if this is just the <laughs> ultimate rug pull. Pete, I think you need to be a Vasher smasher. <laughs> it needs to be one of your brands. I don't know why, but I need to bonk you for that. Just don't get distracted into your football career if, if TJ Vasher has given you that sweet that sweet bussy. <laughs> Stop it. Get me um, out of this. How about a whole other vibe? Stand <laughs> it up, It's it's nice to know that even though we're you have more we have more people watching a splash play stream than usual, that Spags is still incapable of being anything but his true horny self, and that's why we love you, Spags. Thank you. Uh, Pete, you know what? I'm excited to enter season three of Splash Play, which is baffling. Season three of Splash Play. Yes, it probably shouldn't have happened. Uh, Every day we keep waiting to get canceled in some form or another i'm excited i this is the one show i will give us the plug here that if you're following splash play for best ball drafts we are doing football year round that is one thing that pete and i realized was a hole in the space so we do best ball drafts we do dfs we do betting we have our guests on to do ride or die picks every week um uh, i think we are in ready to be in the season form Pete, are you feeling ready for the season because i think i've never been more prepared information wise for a season um football wise i'm ready for the season i have lots of moving parts with moving and getting into my new yeah. place and yes that uh and we're we're doing so many drafts over on ship chasing. Uh so August is gonna be in, in, incredibly busy for me. But yes, I'm I'm excited for it. I just need to get settled and then I'll be able to let my hair down, so to speak. When, when do you go to Vegas? Uh that's right before the season. So it's uh, that opening kickoff game is on that Thursday. We fly out the Wednesday night right before that that game, Bills Rams. Got it. Okay. So Pete and, and Crane informally invited me to come to Vegas in general. It's not gonna happen this year, but I just want to know for the future because I'm not gonna let you get away with not ever hanging out in person at some point, Pete, because it's gonna be yeah, I'm sure that's what you've been waiting for all this time. Pete and I have never met in person. I feel like we need to say to the podcast audience sometimes. I know I've been not, you know, I hadn't met Leone ever in person until this past uh trip to Colorado uh, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, you're you're the next white whale. Um, you know, I shucks. I haven't met Spags. <laughs> dress uh, oh, <laughs> zach wilson yeah let's just do the three qb yeah. here with zach wilson i like it though no, wait uh, what's the bye weeks on the qbs <laughs> hold on go up for a sec 14 okay, 10 so, okay so yeah. we got two 10s. all right that's fine yeah he's a 10 but he has the same bye week as the other 10
1: <laughs> that's that a meme a i feel like you haven't been is on that as that much tweet? As I,
0: would have can I can i is that i'm trying to workshop this on its beat he's a 10 <laughs> But the other quarterback also has a weak Ted by <laughs> we're on the clock here. Pete, We could still take Taysom if we want to <laughs> do a three tight end three QB. Play. No, come on. Um, we have one. We need a Baltimore receiver, which are you on Duvernay, Prosh, Wallace. Pr- Proche apparently doesn't drop passes according to the athletic, which you should get a sub through a Hassan for. So uh, James Prosh, I'm on board with. All right, let's do Prosh. You know, I've been taking a little bit of when I'm just like blocked out of everything stack wise, Isaiah likely apparently uh is the, <laughs> so this is where we're digging deep here. Another lowly drafted rookie uh, tight end for Baltimore, but he's been playing a lot of two wide or two tight end sets for Baltimore. Um, So could kind of siphon away from Mark Andrews. So I take him late. I know we had a lot of positive profiles from the senior bowl on him and he actually liked one of the tweets. We had a football outsiders showing a sick catch. He had at the senior bowl. So I have a soft spot, but he's been like in every camp report for Baltimore. Like they think likely looks really good. I wouldn't draft Nick Boyle at all. If you were doing that, I think likely he's going to take that job. He's a 10, but he still references the senior bowl in August. <laughs> P we're going to be at the senior bowl next year. We have to make friends. <laughs> um, You're not going to, it's going to, it's going to be a month after you have a child here, doc, there's no chance of you doing the senior bowl. No, uh, I already got my one hall pass trip and it's out to the super bowl with underdog in January. And then back to being a father, some of us are not going to neglect our paternal duties, oh, like yeah, guys like oh my God, Pete! If you've noticed my mental state <laughs> for the last four and a half months, you can tell I'm an active father, an active parent. So he, Luca's at the beach right now, just having a good time wearing his little yeah. Beach where hat. are I didn't even get your what what beach are you at? Uh, we're at we're in Ocean City, Maryland, right now because of uh, a misbooking by my mother-in-law. Actually, Pete, if you want to pull up these pics, I'm gonna text you two little pics of Luca. He's adorable. So I'm gonna send it to you, and if you want to pull up on the screen so we can see Luca in his little beach hat. Okay. Hang on. Let's, uh, right, this, this one's better. The, the second end. one I'm sending you is better. Okay. Um, are I feel like you should, there's now a genre of NFL content, I believe pioneered by Warren sharp, where you do your vacation at the beach and you shoot like some TikToks and some stuff. Um, you, you should get like, he does his sharp football guide. You could have your, the football outsiders almanac out there. I really do think there's untapped vacation football content that people really like to see. I mean, you know, Pete. Pete knows as well as anybody. I don't like missing shows. Like that's one of the things that I will refuse to do, especially at this point of the the home stretch of football season. So, I'm up to do it. You know, the thing is, like, I just don't have that grinding repertoire. Like Warren Sharp, people think. Let me see. Them, I'll show you that it. this is this is exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, I'll show you this Warren Sharp content. Um, sure. What I have in my head. So you scroll down here. He's like at the beach. He's got his floral shirt on here. Going 2021 easiest schedule. It's like it's such a psych out because you think he's just going to be like, "Oh yeah, beautiful views, enjoying my vacation." He's like, "No, fuck it. Broncos have the easiest schedule out of the gate, 2 and 6 for the playoff, dude. It's such a great bait switch." So, you think should I should I do that this week just as a bit? Cuz I'll do it. I'll do it just for the bit equity. <laughs> you should. You absolutely should. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. So, follow me after. any fun shirts? Do you have any fun <laughs> I don't Uh, have any fun floral shirts now. Maybe I can uh, get one at one of the shitty beach stores. I think you should, because that's really what sells it. Because the beach isn't enough to convince me that you're on vacation. You really need to scream it. I need to be able to look at your shirt and say, Spags, that was a choice. And it was a choice you made. And I pick up what you're laying down the vibe is fat party guy in college <laughs> wearing a lion shirt also what happened to the draft Were we drafted tj vassar or what no um uh, the chat is uh, upset we cannot do a four running back build here with Brees, hall dobbins Edmonds, and madison i do think this needs to be a five oh. running back build the vassar dream has died i'm removing the cue it's over also i think my i don't think the photos of luca went through pete but i want to show how adorable this baby is yeah. Bullock also understands, uh, that you're a white dad on a beach vacation without a floral shirt. We're on subbing Willis saying like spoken from true experience here. You can hundred percent get a shirt like that at a beach store. Do it. Spags. You owe this community an absurd floral shirt. Hopefully there's like a knockoff Tommy Bahamas somewhere around you. All right. Just sent you another text of Luca looking cute in a beach hat, Pete. <laughs> All right, none Luke of is these text dad, have been it... coming in, Spags. I'm not just ghosting you. Oh, I just got one. Yeah, there you go. Len I sent it, it from my phone. and said it wasn't coming from desktop. I think if you send a photo, because uh, Pete's an Android boy, so whenever you send it on your desktop, it gets weird. I am an Android boy, and I have my texts on the computer like a true Android All right, here's baby Luca at the beach. Very <laughs> Look cute. This guy. Stay away from my unborn daughter, Luca. Stay far, <laughs> far away. Look how tantalizing he is, though. Imagine getting that in the overset gene pool. Wouldn't that be pretty get, great? Just stop. I will, I will literally, just even the mere reference of that is the most triggering thing. As a father, I will make it my life's mission to keep my unborn daughter away from anyone related to spags. I don't care if this is like seven degrees of separation. What if Luca has get, a Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> no. Okay. Well no. Fair enough. Um, let's see um what running back are we going to take here as our fifth running back let's get let's get funky Tyler Beatty I mean I I don't want to know do we want to do a little hand cucking here on a wonderful oh I guess Monday we do have afternoon? Dobbins I forgot we had Dobbins he's such a discount um you mean Brita I never mind we took Barkley no we didn't take Barkley take Breda. okay let's do Breda. I wanted to get something off the beaten path here yeah all right it is done the team we got buried by the wide receiver avalanche had to recover we're going to need we're going to need a miracle for this team but TTP trust the process a fun puppy draft here, of course. Play for yourself over on Underdog. Use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to $100. The puppy million dollar prize pool, 200K up top on that one. So it's a really good tournament to play. If you are $5, 150 max for anybody really, just playing a $5 entry. Uh, Pete, what are the plugs for you? What's randomizer? What's, uh, what's serious? Give me all the plugs. You got a lot of plugs. Yeah. lots of plugs lots of plugs uh if you want more uh best ball content uh did a best ball mania three stream this morning uh you can find that on my channel I'm gonna draft another puppy three team tomorrow on the fantasy life uh live YouTube channel with Kendall valenzuela whose bags mentioned is also my co-host on the serious shows we're doing those Sundays 5 to 7 p.m if you are a serious XM sub newsletter ripping every day randomizer guest this week is Pff's Ian harditz he's a randomizer Hall of Famer excited to get him back in the mix. Uh, Karain is streaming his pros versus Joes draft tonight on ship chasing. We are going to do puppy content with Bime Four on Ship Chasing on Wednesday. So content all around, Spags. It is the season. And Pete and I will be back on Thursday in the same luxurious setup from Ocean City, Maryland. I'll have my solo stream on Friday, so make sure you subscribe to the Splash Play channel because we are grinding on there and I'm going to be fucking streaming my ass off down the home stretch because I got 47 drafts a week to hit, guys. So we appreciate all of you hanging out. Follow at Peter Rubbers, at, follow at Chris Spags, and follow at Splash Play Pod. We appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. See you guys on Thursday. Bye.